When former Special Ops agent Simon Ballister went bad, he didn't do it for the money. He didn't do it for the drugs. He did it for his son. Make a move, you ain't ready to fill my shoes. You wanna try, but you ain't paid no dues. Ride high, homie, please don't get it confused. We never lose, we never lose. Make a move, you ain't ready to fill my shoes. You wanna try, but you ain't paid no dues. Ride high, homie, please don't get it confused. We never lose, we never lose. Stephen Seagal, Eddie Griffin, Urban Justice. Hey everybody, welcome to uh another episode of uh part mega fan recap part pro down sitting with steven i'm here with good old jim richardson hi and uh we watched urban justice urban justice yeah that was the name of it yeah that was the name of this one (laughs) it's a pretty cool movie it's it does one of those uh wild things that like a certain era of b movie did where they'd put someone on the cover that's really in, like, four scenes. Right? Like, Eddie Griffin's not in a lot of this movie. No, and he's kind of doing his own thing. He doesn't interact with Steven Seagal pretty much at all until, yeah, until like, the very end. Until nearly the end. Yeah. Uh, so the, this this plot is a little more straightforward than Shadow Man. Um, although they don't reveal it all right away. They reveal it a little quicker. Yeah. Steven Seagal's son is apparently a cop, although they make no mention of that. He doesn't look that much younger than Steven Seagal either. He does not. Uh, he and his wife are obviously in love for the morning. Yeah. And the next scene they show him at night, they are not as in love. Yeah, they're in, they're in a really good mood for breakfast, and then when dinner came along, not so much. Really, the energy just kind of went away. Yeah, when he's going to work, it's like one of those very classic, uh, like, overly cute couples of like, like, no, don't go to work. Oh, come on, stay in bed with me, honey. And he's like, oh, baby, but I must go. And then uh, dinner comes, and he's like, I gotta go to work. And she's like, well, I guess I'll just keep it warm. And it's like, okay, something happened that day. Yeah. Um, and then he gets murdered. Yeah, none of that needed to happen because all that was going to happen was he got murdered. Yeah. Well, that could have been the first scene in the movie. He sees, he parks somewhere down an alley to, with no explanation as to why. He parks in like a corner of a street. Is that right? what, it looks like he's, he's like facing down an alley, it looks like. I think so. I think he's just parked in like a street corner. Um, well. It was a little dark. He sees, uh, two cops shake down drug dealers and steal their cocaine. Oh, right then. I'm sorry, yeah. I was thinking of, of next when he gets shot. Oh, in the nighttime? No, yeah. I think in the daytime he's like oh, in the parked daytime? down like okay. a, yeah, 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 like yeah. parked down an alley. Yeah, 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 hear it. But it just like he's face I don't know, it's not where a cop would ever park. But uh he sees these two cops shake down drug dealers for cocaine. Yeah. And uh then that night he gets shot. They cut to his funeral, everyone's sad except Steven Seagal's just standing. <sighs> In the background with no emotion on his face. There's a bunch of uh, cops shooting shotguns into the air. Yeah. Salute him. If you know, please leave a comment or at me at 10 Gallon Mr. Allen. Uh, let me know. Because we were saying, I don't think cops shoot shotguns at those weddings. I, I mean, those funerals. <laughs> <laughs> or at weddings. Yeah. You know those times when people are married to the dirt? Maybe shotguns are for weddings. They, they got it mixed up. Yeah. It's rifles for funerals. Oops. <laughs> Rifles and funerals. That sounds like a uh, like a scene band. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and then Steven Seagal wants to get revenge 
for his son's murder. So he rents a seedy motel room uh, by the week for $125 yeah. a week. That was this movie. That feels like so long ago. Yeah, it was. It feels like a while ago. We took a break in the middle of it. It does still feel like it was at least four hours, and the movie was not four hours. The movie was, in fact, less than that because the movie's length was 96 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I found out a couple of things about this movie. The director, whose name is Don E. Fauntleroy, Fauntleroy, Oh, this is like Fondleroy. Fondleroy. What yeah, Ron, Donnie Fondleroy. Uh, yeah. This is the seventh time he had worked with Steven Seagal. Seventh? Yeah, it was wow. the third movie he had directed, and he was a cinematographer in four other films. Incredible. And he agreed to do this movie under one condition, that Steven Seagal would agree to stay on the set until he was told he could leave. Okay. So, that was a problem in his other movies. Yeah, well, remember you're saying in the last one that it looks like every single time it's not his face; it just looks like it's a stand-in. Oh yeah, right. I was reading up on it during this movie, and that is the case. He would frequently just leave. Nice. And uh, they have to get stand-ins for him. It was fucking is nuts. Uh, well, the next one we're watching, Flight of Fury, is also 2007. So hopefully. It's still awkward. He's not like I mean, he never improved his his acting techniques. No, he never. He clearly never did. This yeah. is such a fucking. He didn't do a lot of martial arts in this one at all, right? Uh, I don't really remember anything. A few punches. He, he well, did, that's he, not true. A lot of like nose breaks. He did a lot of like throwing people to the ground, like judo throws or whatever, and then he uh, snapped some guy's neck, even though he definitely didn't need to. Oh my god! Yeah, with like the camel clutch. Yeah. Yeah, because what ha- those three guys break into his apartment, and he starts, or does he break into their house? I thought he went into their place, yeah. All right, maybe he breaks into their, essentially Steven Seagal, his son gets murdered, then he just bur- he rips through L.A., killing gang members, trying to find out who killed his son. He keeps getting lied to, and then killing everyone, then coming back to the guy going, you lied to me, man. And he talks like that through most of this movie, because yeah. Steven Seagal sometimes likes to put on that southern drawl of, you lied to me, man, why I gotta do that to me, huh? Do your thing. He said that, too. <laughs> do and your thing. Not in this movie, but in Shadow Man, previous film we watched. Oh, yeah, that's right. But he also did a little southern southern accent in that one, too. Um, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, this one he didn't say do your thing. This one he had something... That was just nuts. Oh, he didn't say... There was... We were expecting him to, at some point, say some sort of racial slur. This yeah. seems like the kind of movie where he wouldn't say it as, like, saying it at a guy as much as saying it to one of the guys. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I guess. Like, you'd be like, you know, you'd walk into a seat to be like, look at all of us here. Yeah. Um, You know, trying to fit in with everyone. Yeah, Because he right. does, like... I don't know why... He acts like that. It's so fucking bizarre. Yeah. He acts differently depending on who he's doing a scene with. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He did, I mean, they did have a white guy saying the N-word, which was, you know, that's always great. That was wild. uh, (laughs) um, It's wild because, like, that guy has probably not gotten a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, He was just white supremacist number one or whatever. 
and then he yelled the n-word and he's probably like that's like his only line yeah it was pretty much it he had like four lines and that was one of them so if that guy's making a reel of his work that's like the first that's gotta line. be in there yeah so, so what were, what were your lines in this movie here urban justice what were your lines yeah. uh <laughs> i'm sorry this was the fifth time he had worked with steven seagal okay my bad Fontelroy. old Fontelroy. donnie Fontel. old donnie Fontelroy. well let's see what this nazis worked on not don Fontelroy. Don Fonderoy, we found out, had also was a cinematographer on uh, Munchie and Munchie Strikes Back. Classic films. Classic, classic films. You like cream pie stepdads and some guy. Some guy's name in this was Jesus Junior. He had a son. No wait, that's his name. Sorry, his name is Jesus Junior. He was in this movie as Jesus. Oh. His name was just Jesus. Playing playing his dad. I have a feeling he wasn't named in this, but... Whoa, look at this guy's headshot. Chaz Grundy. Some fucking intense eyes for a yeah. funeral attendee. <laughs> I don't think either they gave the racists names. But they just didn't credit... Maybe they asked not to be credited. They're like, you know what? I feel really uncomfortable about the scene I did, so why don't you just... Not put me in there. You know, man, I'm actually, like, full of regret. <laughs> I'm actually not cool with this at all, so why don't you just pull my name out of the credits? Um, Hey, dude, I was actually thinking about what I've done, and uh, <laughs> I'm actually not happy with this. Could that not happen? Oh, I did want to read you... Uh, Shit, let me find this guy again. Old Fondleroy here. Donnie Fondleroy. His uh, his his bio on IMDb is insane. Uh, before I read it, just so everyone knows what he's done, let's go through his filmography. Now, as a director, he's directed uh, fifteen pieces, not not a whole lot. Uh, Today You Die, which was a Steven Seagal movie, Mercenary for Justice, Steven Seagal movie. Urban Justice, Steven Seagal movie, Anaconda 3, Snakehead Swamp, My Daughter Was Stolen, The Gates of Darkness, and it's a movie called Lightspeed. Uh, he was a cinematographer on a lot of movies, a lot more movies, but things like Jeepers Creepers, Jeepers Creepers 2, which, you know, what was before anyone knew he was a sex offender. Maybe not anyone, but before the general public knew that that, that the, Victor the Jeepers Salva. The Creepers guy, that is, yeah, right. Yeah, Victor Salva was a sex was a sex creep. Not Mr. Fondleroy, despite yeah. his name. But Mr. Fondleroy did also do Jeepers Creepers 3. Yikes. Which, oh, he did it. Which was... <laughs> that was after we knew, yeah. Yeah, which was post, post knowing about that guy. Yeah, he did do all three of them. Uh... What else has he done for... He's put himself... Oh, he did, he was a cin- director of cinematography for Into the Sun. Oh, excellent. Great film. That's one of the worst Steven Seagal movies by far, uh, from what I remember. Uh, what was the one that we watched? That end was, of a Gun? Yeah, End of a Gun. Starts so strong with him chopping a guy's head off. <laughs> uh, all right, so this guy... But essentially, he's done a lot of movies like that. 
Don Fondleroy. Donnie. Right. Donnie Fondle. I want to read you his bio on, on, on IMDb. All right. Donnie Fondleroy was, well, they say his real name. Uh, Donnie Fondleroy was accepted into the American Society of Cinematographers with only seven years' experience as a director of photography. His rise has been swift and his reputation as one of the most talented young cinematographers rapid. Don's major came Don sorry, Don's major break came in 1994 when he was given the opportunity of shooting David L. Whopper's epic miniseries Heaven and Hell, North and South, Book 3, 1994. A classic. Yes, I know, right? Which culminated with the ASC honoring him with a nomination. His most recent films have been Today You Die, Mercenary for Justice, Stan Lee's Lightspeed, and Once Upon a Time in the Hood for Sony Pictures. All of them directed and photographed by Don. Don's technical knowledge is formidable and his experience virtually unsurpassed. Starting as an assistant cameraman in 1972, he has worked with some of the finest directors and cinematographers in the business. Harry Stradling Sr., you know him, right? Yeah, of course. He did, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you're having a hard time thinking of anything because he's overshadowed by other people he's worked with, such as Peter Hames. Yeah, Hames, yeah. uh, Michael Chapman. Yes. Martin Scorsese. I never heard of that guy. Robert Surtees. Yep, okay. Herbert Ross. Yeah, sure. Haskell Wexler. Yeah, Mr. Wexler. I'm going to try that again. Haskell Wexler. James Cameron. Adam Greenberg. Richard Donner of the Donner Party. <laughs> Sam Peckinpah. Billy Wilder. Steven Spielberg. And Blake Edwards, to name a few. And Blake. <laughs> and Blake. His style, speed, and exuberance reflect this intense professional background. He has since gone on to direct and photograph some of the screen's most interesting talents. Sam Shepard, Dean Stockwell, Diane Keaton, Stalker Channing, Diane Lane, Mimi Rogers, Elizabeth Pena, Rutger Hauer, Jacqueline Bissett, Linda Hamilton, and of course, his lovely, gorgeous wife, Leslie Ann Down. I thought that was going to be Steven Seagal at the end. No, they don't mention him. Wow. Uh, Don's grandfather was a still cameraman, and his father was an optical cameraman. From them came Don's interest, then passion for this wonderful industry. His grandfather's collection of antique cameras and photographic equipment was handed down to Don, and he has continued to build upon that collection. Now possessing a large, rare, and virtually irreplaceable array of film cameras and paraphernalia, which will be inherited by his eldest daughter, Season Fondleroy. Season? Yep. Uh, who is already an accomplished young assistant camera person herself. Wow. When Just Don like your works, daddy. <laughs> when Don works, he insists on two things: Panavision equipment, both film and digital, along with Eastman Kodak stock. They are the best, he says. And coming from one of the best, you know he's right. I mean, realistically, what the hell does that guy know? I'd use the shit he does says not to use because, I mean, look at this. Yeah, the guy is... Justice. The guy, the guy looks like a piece of shit, too. How could he possibly have preferences? Right? The guy's done nothing reputable at all. And he... And who, like, who... He must have wrote that, is my point. Yeah, right. Like, he definitely wrote that. All right, Don, who do you want to be today? All right, Don. How uh, we need about I don't know, ten words, uh, ten, ten, ten sentence kind of bio for your, for your uh, IMDb page. You know what? I've got one I've been working on for a while. Let's use this. 
Yeah, if Mr. Fondleroy really uh, fucked this one up big time, it was not a good movie. Yeah, he really fucked up. I don't even up. remember what happened. You don't remember what happened? We literally just watched it. Yeah, well, something about his son. They had all the squib shots in this were insane, right? So what do you mean by that? I've never heard that term. Well, all right, so squib is like a... It's like the the piece they put on an actor that explodes when they get yeah, shot. Yeah. Okay. Right. And all the every gunshot was a huge splash of blood uh, out of the entry wound, like out the front. Yeah. Yeah. Out the front and the back. Right. Like bad, just both of them. All of it. It was like you know a crazy butt explosion. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was wild. Uh, this right. was not nearly as good as Shadow Man. I thought. No, this one wasn't as good as Shadow Man, but it was still pretty good. Had I still moments. enjoyed it. All right. Uh, we got some some uh, phone messages to listen to. Do you want to check some out? All right. All right. Hello there. This is uh, a man calling for questions of, to a uh, podcast about uh, Shadow Man, uh, the Steven Seagal feature. Uh, my real question is, why not Glimmer Man first? No one likes Shadow Man. Let's see the Glimmer first. Come on, Glimmer Man. I'm not sure this is the end of the question, but watch Glimmer Man too. It's good. No, there's no Glimmer Man too. All right. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, Glimmer Man is also a Steven Seagal movie, is that correct? Is it? I don't know what Glimmer I, Man is. I thought that was just like his nickname, was it's like Glimmer Man, that's just what they called him. Oh, wow, Oh, yeah, yeah I have seen, yeah, you know, we probably have that, actually. Yeah, yeah, how many Steven Seagal movies do we have tucked away? There's a lot Look of them at this fucking around. face he's making in this one. I was actually shocked I didn't have a second copy of Out for a Kill. Two cops are forced to work together to solve a chain of mysterious killings by a killer nicknamed The Family Man. Not the Glimmer Man, so it's, Steven Seagal is the Glimmer Man, right? It's him and Keenan Waynes, Keenan Ivory Waynes. All right. Uh, he's the Glimmer Man? What Steven Seagal is? I, f- I assume so. I mean, I guess it's not the killer. Why would he not be the titular man? I mean, I feel like that might be something in his uh, in his contract that, like, you know, I should be the, the, the what the title's about. Yeah. Probably. Like, we watched the Arsenio Halls episode he's on, and, uh, man. Jesus Christ. Jack Cole is a soft-spoken, mystical, new-age... Whoa. Jesus Christ. Jack Cole is a soft-spoken, mystical, new-age New York cop with a checkered past. He is transferred to Los Angeles to help Los Angeles cop Jim Campbell solve a series of brutal murders in which the victims are crucified. The murders that have happened since Jack arrived in Los Angeles just don't sit right with him. When the killer, known as the Family Man, kills Ellen Dunleavy, who happens to be Jack's ex-wife and the mother of his two kids, and Ellen's husband, Andrew Dunleavy, it becomes personal, especially when Jack's prints are found on Ellen's body. Jack meets with his military mentor, Smith, not knowing that Smith is in cahoots with local crime boss, Frank Deverell. Why do they have to add a crime, like a crime boss thing to this? I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. Anyways, yeah. Why not? We'll watch that soon. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, do you want to try another? Um, 
another message? Yeah. Hi, my name is Billy Corgan. Uh, I have a question. It's, do you think who would win in a fight? Steven Seagal in his athletic prime at six foot four, or Jackie Chan as an old man at five foot nine? Uh, please use thought. And this is a serious question, so answer as seriously and honestly as you can. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so old man Jackie Chan at five foot nine. Yeah. Or Steven Seagal in his prime at six foot four. Well. In Shadow Man, far past his athletic prime, Steven Seagal was able to explode watermelon from the inside by doing some kind of uh, punch that did not affect oh, the front. We didn't even talk about it on that podcast, but he punches a guy like that and his back explodes. Yeah, that also happens. So yeah. that seemed like <laughs> yeah, it was that pretty also happens. easy for him to do. No big deal. And he might actually move much faster than the camera can show because he's, he moves like very slowly, so it appears. And uh, next thing you know, he's grabbing the gun out of your hand 20 seconds later. Anyway, so maybe that's like, he's he's actually so fast, they can't even show it on film, so he has to like sandbag. He like goes slower. I don't know. I think he's, it's like some hidden abilities going on there. Okay. I, th- I think Steven Seagal is extremely powerful, even in his old age. Jackie Chan, I'm not familiar with his abilities. Jackie Chan is incredibly fast, yeah. incredibly powerful, and can withstand an incredible amount of pain. Right. He broke his leg during a movie you and think, just kept doing stunts. You think he's tougher than a watermelon? Yes, I think he's much tougher than a watermelon. Really? Um, so Jackie Chan right now would be 66 years old. Yeah. So I'm going to have to guess that 66-year-old Jackie Chan could still defeat Steven Seagal in his prime. He's probably pretty wise, right? At this at this age, he's very wise. Where Steven Seagal has only gotten dumber as he goes on. So actually, yeah. he, while he's in his prime, he's like not quite as dumb as he is now, but he's still pretty dumb, I assume. You think Steven Seagal is dumber now? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and then unlike Jackie Chan, who's become right. wiser, right, right, Steven right, Seagal right. has only gotten dumber with age. But however, even in his prime, he was still pretty dumb. I'd, I'd probably say. Yeah, and I think Jackie Chan could probably trip him, trip him up pretty easy, trick him. Yeah, I feel like Jackie Chan will like quickly realize that he can be outwitted, you know? Yeah, Jackie Chan will almost immediately realize what he can do to him. Yeah, so I feel like Jackie Chan better watch himself. If he gets touched once by Steven Seagal, he's going to turn into a watermelon. I um, do think, yeah. But yeah. he's too fast and much smarter than Steven Seagal, so uh, I feel like he has the upper hand there. Yeah, I do feel like he would be able because like Steven Seagal's always got that really straight pose. Yeah, that because Jackie Chan's so much shorter than he is, he's not gonna be able to reach him very well. Right, and he's gonna be able like to tussle at his hair maybe a little bit, but yeah. Jackie Chan's still gonna like run away. Yeah, and probably win. Uh, how do you think he would win, Jackie Chan? Yeah, I don't know what his what his you know attacks are like. I think he trips him up with marbles. And then stomps his head into the ground until it's mush. Yeah, right. I mean, that makes sense to me. He probably has marbles on him, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of stopping someone in a mush, uh, at one point of this movie, Steven Seagal kicks a bad guy in the nuts like 10 times in a row. Yeah, and then he throws him down the stairs. <laughs> well, yeah, then he bashes his head against the wall, then throws him down the stairs, right. and the guy's dead. Yeah, he was dead. Yeah. That was really good. Well, he kicks him in the balls like five times on one wall, then throws him <laughs> into the other wall and does it again. Do you think he switched legs? Is like his shin was starting to hurt. Yeah, maybe. From all the boners, all the boner he was, the boner he kept kicking over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that was my favorite kill of this movie. There's not been hasn't been a lot of crazy kills. Yeah, they're mostly they're funny because they're unnecessary sometimes. Like that time he snapped that guy's neck with the camel clutch. That yeah, dude, funny. that was nuts. I he had already beaten that guy up. Then he was just like, "All right, now let's do this." He, he had beaten him up, and he seemed like he was a few steps away. Like it seems like he had to walk over to him. The guy is passed out on his stomach. Steven Seagal walks over to him, steps over him, sits on his lower back, and grabs his chin with both of his hands and slowly pulls up to break his neck. Yeah, he didn't need to do that. And he no. left like the other guys in that room alive, except for maybe one, which was kind of incidental. He didn't like walk over to him and execute him. Yeah, everyone else was alive. Yeah. That one he guy just, in particular, he just didn't like. Yeah, and I don't understand why. That guy was like being kind of goofy too. You know, he was like, yeah. that guy was like, seemed like he was in a pretty good mood of right before that happened. <laughs> <laughs> he was just having a good time competing. Yeah. And then, but but then no. And then, then he could, did not have fun. Yeah, you know, he did not have a good time. It's crazy that he killed that guy. Yeah, well, there's life's too short like, to work with funny people. There's way quicker ways he could have killed that guy, too. Yeah. I mean, he had a gun, right? There had been guns fired already? I would just Maybe stomp not. on the back of the guy's neck. Yeah, I mean, whatever. That's my move. That would have done it just as well, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I could have done that. <laughs> Do you think you could kill Steven Seagal today? I could? Yeah. Uh, Do today? Think, yeah. My thing is that, like, I could definitely outsmart him, and I'm faster than him, I'm sure. Uh, and at this point, I mean, how old is he? You have no... All right, hold on, let me look it up. No guns. Yeah. No guns. Could you... No guns or bombs. Could you kill Steven Seagal today? Probably. I'd say, actually... Yeah, absolutely. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I... He's so slow. The only thing is that I'm worried that he... You gotta, like, go for the head, or he's gonna absorb all of your blows. He's oh, that... he's actually younger than... He's older than Jackie Chan. He's 68. I'm seeing 67. Huh? 67 for Steven Seagal. Okay, right, 67, because it's April 10th is his birthday, so it's not 58 yet. But, I was just going strictly by your. Uh, yeah, I could probably kill him. No problem. Yeah. Emotionally? Emotionally, absolutely. Yeah. Seems like I was not a good person. Uh, I mean, you know, like, could, could, are you saying, could I handle it? Like, murdering Steve? Well, I mean, sorry, hold on. Who, who's, you know, where is this going? <laughs> Am I supposed to be talking about this? <laughs> no, I... I... <laughs> I know. I, I mean, like, I was going for both. I could definitely handle the death of Steven Seagal at my hands over, like, I could not kill Jackie Chan. I would sandbag so Jackie, Jackie Chan would kill me instead. Oh, my God, dude. I could never kill Jackie Chan. If Jackie Chan. Chan was, like, old enough and I'd, I had to kill him, I'd be like, you know what? Why don't you just kill me instead? Like, all right, so Jackie Chan uh, is in a medically induced coma. The last thing he did was slip you a piece of paper on where he wrote, please kill me if I go into a coma. Could you kill Jackie Chan? I mean, if he asked me to, then maybe that's, that's a different story. I don't think I could do it. Well, am I getting anything out of it? Uh, satisfaction of killing Jackie Chan. It's no satisfaction. <laughs> then no, you're not getting anything out of it. All right, I don't know. I guess I would do it for him if he really wanted me to. But also, I mean, it's very situational. 
What if the doctors are like, well, he, he should have never told you that. He's going to wake up in like, in like a day. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, Jackie. And then what if he wakes up? He's like, what the fuck, man? Why didn't you do it? I told you to kill me, Jimmy. Yeah. I told you to kill me. He, I need you power of attorney for one reason. Then he's like, ruins my life because I didn't kill him that one time. And now I'm like, oh, that's it. And then I like want to kill him because he's like ruining my life. But then I can't get to him anymore. And he's too powerful. Yeah. The doctors are like, no, 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 no. No, he should not have told you that. Don't listen to him. Yeah, the doctor's like, holy shit. No, no, we're not at that point at all. He's going to wake up like tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no, we just brought it down to bring down the swelling. He's, he's going to be fine. He's, he's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so maybe it'd be for the best. I don't know. You know, if he told me to, I'd probably do it. How much money would it cost for you to go kill Steven Zagal right now? Uh, flights are cheap. Um, I mean, are there legal repercussions? I mean, that's up to you. How good of a job are you doing? I'm not doing a careful job. I'm I'm pretty <laughs> tired right now. I'm not going to cover my tracks, you know. Uh, it'd have to be a lot of money. And I'd have to be... Jail time would have to be minimal. Yeah. You can work out a plea. You can you can sell out whoever's. I don't think anyone's gonna care. You know. No, I can't imagine anyone's gonna give a shit if Steven Zagal gets his head chopped off. Yeah, no one's gonna mind. So really, I don't know. I really hope that doesn't happen soon after this comes out. Yeah, because then we're definitely gonna be looked at for that. Yeah, we didn't do it. So no, uh, we we didn't do anything at all. Steven Zagal. Eddie Griffin, Urban Justice.